right, I want to welcome you to our next podcast of What Does God Say About? And I'm excited to talk about this topic. Uh, it's a topic that's on a lot of people's minds right now, and uh, it is revival. And, uh, you know, the questions that we're going to talk about, of what is revival? What is God doing? Are we in revival now? How do we get ready for it? And uh, I brought a good dear friend of mine, Ken Lentz. Um, and one of the reasons I asked uh, Ken to be part of this podcast uh, is that uh, he's been around for a little bit. So he was a uh, uh, worked for the uh, district uh, that uh, we're part of uh, for the Foursquare Church there. He was uh, one of the leaders. And, you know, I, I've been following Jesus for 30 years, and uh, I've seen a lot. But uh, I think Ken has seen it all. <laughs> and so one of the reasons uh, I wanted him to come is, uh, you know, he's seen all sorts of different churches, all sorts of different moves of God. And I thought a little bit of wisdom here, uh, I think, would help us. So, Ken, thanks so much for, uh, for being with us. Well, thank you for giving me the opportunity to be here. Yeah, you bet. So, um, you know, revival is something that uh, I don't know about you, but I'm hungry for. I, yep. you know, we talk about it a lot. We pray for it. We ask for it. We see it uh, in, within Scripture. And, um, I, you know, I want to see God move. And I've got two kind of reasons <clears throat> that, that uh, one is not a not great reason and another I think is the right reason. Uh, but there's a part of me that wants revival. And here's the not so great reason. It's like I just I want to win, you know. Like, God, it just it seems like we're losing in so many areas in culture and here and there. And it's like, can we start winning? Let's bring revival. And um, God's going to win. So, right. you know, we don't have to worry about that. Um, but the, the altruistic, the real reason, uh, the good reason that I want to see revival is I want to see this world change. I want people to come to Jesus. Uh, I want the followers of Jesus to get serious about it, uh, to live in all the power and all the life that God intended for us to. <clears throat> and to me, that, that's what it's all about, and that's what I'm uh, praying for and hoping for. So um, anyway, that's my heart behind it. But Ken, tell us a little bit. Um, I guess I'd just like to start with what is revival? And, uh, you know, do you want to see it? And if so, why? And what do you think it might look like uh, if it were to come? Well, I believe a revival has a lot to do with uh, just personal transformation. Uh, I mean, revival has shown up in this country in a variety of different ways, but what it really boils down to is it's personal. Hmm. It's, it's a revival with Jesus and having him change your heart and life. So what, how would that be different than um, discipleship then? Well, I suppose discipleship is, is pretty much a, a, a confrontation between two individuals, possibly, and talking about personal issues and, and one person giving you input, where revival is about Jesus coming in and just changing your heart. Discipleship changes your heart, but it changes everything over a period of time. And so it's like for revival is, is you just come to a, a point in time in your life where you've just, you're tired of being a failure, you're tired of the way you're living, and you just want something to happen. And so it's, revival is about that personal transformation that's just permanent. Yeah. And then discipleship can take place, I think, alongside that. Yeah, in fact, that, the good point is <clears throat> that uh, if there's no discipleship after revival, there's trouble. Oh, yeah. You know, that, that, that's a, an essential component that I think sometimes we miss and forget of like, okay, well, let's say that God wants to bring all sorts of people in. Well, are we caring for them well, and are we going to help them keep moving forward? And uh, if they're not discipled, if they're not moving that big word, the sanctification process, then what happened? And what good was the whole uh, piece there in the move of God? Right. Yeah. 
So discipleship is is really important. Yeah. Because you really start building on that revival concept of what Jesus has done in your life to bring the the knowledge of the Word of God, how Jesus moves those components that really make you a strong believer. Yeah. I think I would say that uh, the difference between revival and um, sanctification or <clears throat> discipleship is it's a an accelerated move where God is doing something, uh, and it's usually more than one person. I mean, a nation, right. all of Israel, or uh, you know, a segment of the hippies uh, in America, or um, uh, the church. For Martin Luther, for example, the Reformation, I'd call that a revival as well, where there's this accelerated move that God is making. Um, massive transformation in his church and then in people outside of the church. And I, I hope and believe that, uh, I mean, as we see in Scripture, especially New Testament revival, is there's a move back towards God for people who don't know God. And uh, there's a harvest of souls. And that part is really exciting to me and uh, what I'm desperate to see here. Right. And I, I believe there's a whole group of people out there who are searching and seeking. And possibly they're just looking in the wrong area. Hmm. And revival seems to have brought that connection of those people that what they're doing and what they're seeking for is not the answer. It's all about Jesus. Right. And so that's how we associate, I think, revival amongst Christians is that there's a group of people who are hungry. They just don't know what, it's, what it is. Right. Yeah. Well, that's uh, the Jesus movement would be a perfect example of that. They were looking everywhere, and then uh, they thought, oh, let's try Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, and then that, that was the real answer to what they're looking for. Absolutely. Which is actually a... I'm certainly not happy about what's going on in our world right now, but it's exciting to me because I think there are a lot of people that are hungry for something right now. Like, what is going on? And um, I think they're ready to hear the truth right. of the gospel. Right. right. So, it, I think one of the questions that we'll need to answer is, is what, what are our hippies going to look like? Huh. So what do you mean by that? Well, it seemed to be that, uh, in, that in the movie Jesus Revolution, mm-hmm. you know, you had... You had the church, and then you had the hippies. And the hippies were wanting Jesus. They just didn't know it at the time. Yeah. And maybe ours won't look like they did back in my day with the hippie movement. And what are they going to look like? Right. And are we willing to put down our, our biases or prejudices and welcome them with open arms? If they just, whoever they are, might just show up here. That, won't revive Yeah, them. I love that. that. That's a huge question that's before us here is, um, we talk about the openness of what God wants to do. You know, the church can stand in the way of revival. The church can stand with its arms crossed and kind of scoff as revival takes place. Um, what I loved about Chuck Smith in the movie and, and in real life is, you know, he it was, wasn't easy, but he decided, like, okay, I'm going to open my heart. I'm going to open my mind to what God wants to do. I think that's a key aspect for us is, yes. like, can the Holy Spirit have his way can he do things different than what I expect or what I even want? Right. Yeah. And I think that's revival. Hmm. It opens our eyes and our hearts to different uh, avenues that possibly have been closed. Yeah. And we start believing and seeing and accepting in ways that we've never had before. And truly, if the church wants to have revival, then we have to have that composure of Jesus as he's talking with people. And he loved Everybody, no matter what they were, who they were, right. they were invited in. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, the Old Testament revivals, you see there's all sorts of different expressions like, okay, God moves and we're going to build a wall, you know, Nehemiah, or build a temple, um, or we're going to have victory over our enemies. You know, God helps them in battle. Uh, Gideon would be one. Or um, 
they're going to confess uh, who God is and get rid of the prophets like Elijah or uh, in Acts 2, there's just an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Um, but one of the things that I, that I as, uh, as I've been looking at this and just studying this, preparing for this, uh, one thing that you see often time and time again is the removal of idols. Uh, that In the Old Testament, every single revival, it's tear down the idols, get rid of the idols, and come back to God. And then repentance is the other piece. I mean, even Peter, you know, they're like, well, what do we do? After the Holy Spirit starts moving, he's like, repent. Yeah. Turn. You know, it's come back to God. And so, I mean, that to me is the crux of this whole thing is it's not really anything. Um, and it's just some fun for a little while unless there's a turning and a moving back towards God and a hunger for God. Right. So, yeah, what, what do you think about that? And what, what do you think it would look like? Um, should God want to move in Montrose, Colorado, or America in revival? Well, I believe is we should think of it as going to be different. And maybe a lot of us have revival in our hearts and our minds as a, it has a certain look, a certain taste, a certain smell, a certain flavor to this thing. And we have to be available and open to how God is doing it and the way he wants to do it. Even though Asbury is having a revival, uh, Regents College is having a revival, there's different things going all across the nation, that, and they're all different. How would that look here in Montrose? Uh, off the top of my head, I couldn't tell you what it'd look like. I just want to be available and open to, to that revival when it happens yeah. and be able to recognize it and move with that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I was talking to uh, my leader uh, in our denomination <clears throat> about Asbury, and he said he, he's also pastors of church uh, in Bayfield. And uh, he said that uh, a member of his church came up and said, well, can Asbury happen here? And uh, the pastor said, well, yeah. He says, but the problem is that we have jobs. <laughs> I thought that was, that was pretty funny. So he, and, of course, he was, you know, just he was teasing. And, and if God wants to worship, we'll be okay with our jobs and everything else. But uh, the point that I took out of that, that actually is a, a pretty good nugget, is that God could do what he wants to do, and it could look different in different places. Um, right. we, had a, we had a pretty powerful service last weekend. I was talking about uh, the soil of revival, and at the end we had a, an altar call, and it was beautiful. I mean, there were people coming up to the front, and God was touching them, and um, you could just see, like, physically, you know, tears and um, other things that were like God was doing business with some people. But one of my the most exciting things for me actually happened um, the afterwards, and more than one person came to me. One uh, email, another guy talked to me, um, said, "You know, I didn't come forward during church, I, um, but um, the Spirit of the Lord dealt with me and told me I have to come out of this bondage that I'm in." And they were walking in sin, life controlling sin, and um, they knew at that moment hmm. that they needed both of them. Need they wow. needed to get help. And they needed to come out. And I thought, that's revival. Yes. You know, that for a person to say, okay, I, I'm going to be done with sin and I'm going to be free. I was just like, oh, Lord. I mean, I praise God for every moment we had at our service. And I praise God for every encounter and experience that we have. But when people are saying, okay, I got to get right with God. I've been fooling myself here. And now I'm going to start doing things his way. Wow. Whew, that to me is like what that's, it's all that's about. That's awesome. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. So um, we were we talked uh, in that sermon, um, the soil for revival actually got that idea from Tim Keller, a Presbyterian pastor. And uh, he basically said, you know, we, we can 
get the dirt ready. We can get the soil ready, but we can't make revival happen. Um, and there's, uh, others have said that, uh, you know, you can put your sails up and so you're ready when it comes, but we don't get to dictate what the Holy Spirit does. And so, um, you know, uh, let's, in fact, I'll read that quote. It's from uh, G. Campbell Morgan. A revival can't be organized, but we can set our sails to catch the wind from heaven when God chooses to blow upon his people once again. And uh, I like that. I, I think that, you know, I, I, I can't make the Holy Spirit do anything. Um, I can just uh, ride the wave. And that's where I want to be. I want to be in the middle of what he's doing at all times. Right. You know, and if he's deciding to do a, a quiet move where people are just sitting in their chairs at church and like, oh, I got to change. I'm all about it. And if he wants to do the miraculous, I'm all about it. I, I want to do what the Holy Spirit is doing. But what, what do you think sparks revival, Ken? How does it come, and what, what is good soil for a revival? Well, there's a biblical principle. It's called all by itself. And it, it, in the Bible, it says that our responsibility is to plant the seed and water it, and all by itself it will grow. Mm. And that all by itself means that God is the one that brings the growth. And so I think our responsibility is to to say, you know, I want, I want to change. I want personal revival. I want there to be a revolution within my heart mm. against the sin of my flesh. I want to be like Jesus. And it starts with us of planting those seeds and then watering that by praying and reading the word and allowing the Holy Spirit to move on us. And I didn't believe just this, what's going on here in, in our fellowship is that God brings the growth and he brings the revival based on he sees the hearts of our of his people and the cry of his people mm. and he wants to move on us and i think it could be individually it it may not happen corporately here it may not be a large thing it may just happen on individuals this day that day the other day all around uh, i would like to see a large corporate yeah, thing take place that, sure. that would be pleasing to my ears and my eyes right but i'd be just as excited to hear what you just heard that one person would say i don't want to live like this anymore yeah that's that's renewal right there. That's mm. revival. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I think that uh, a lot of my hunger for the corporate revival is just that we're we feel like it feels like we're in some dire straits here as a culture, and that yeah. you know, if unless God, <clears throat> if God doesn't move, where will our youth be? You know, if God doesn't move, where will our nation be? If God doesn't move, and um, I think that that's one of the hungers where I I do believe that God is going to move on a a bigger uh, scale and uh, I think it'll have different expressions in different places it already has um, but I do think that there's this national interest and hunger that's starting to grow and I'm praying for a move that uh, you know sweeps people away there <clears throat> but at the same time <clears throat> one of the things I wanted to talk to you about is um, you know one of the things that I I've been through a few kind of smaller little revivals uh, movements awakenings whatever you want to call um, through my experience. And um, one of the things that I've noticed is that when heaven touches earth, um, there's still some earth there. Mm -hmm. you know? <laughs> and and uh, uh, going back to the Jesus uh, um, Revolution movie, I mean, Lonnie Frisbee there, I, I believe he was used by God, but there were some problems too. I mean, he had some life issues that uh, uh, played themselves out uh, in his sexuality and then uh, drug uh, use and um, that, that he struggled with. And so, you know, but I, I do believe that God still used him. I believe that God was in the middle there. 
But um, every move of God, every kind of um, big thing that I've seen God do, there always seems to be resistance at the very least uh, from the enemy. Uh, but counterfeits sometimes or just flesh or things that are like problems or excesses and things like that. Um, and I guess knowing, you know, I mean, you've seen through a, a lot of church issues and uh, a lot of things and moves and stuff like that. How do you tell the difference? Like, how do you know, like, well, this is a God thing or this is a man thing or a, a flesh thing? <clears throat> Well, I do believe in the in the moving of the Holy Spirit, and I think one of the gifts in First Corinthians chapter twelve, where it talks to us that we have wisdom, knowledge, and discernment, mm-hmm. come into play a great deal. And and the the keynote on that is, do I have peace about whatever's being presented and however it's being presented? If it doesn't bring peace to me, and my spirit doesn't bear witness with that spirit, something might be wrong. Mm-hmm. And you might need to pray about it. You need to talk about it. But I believe that's why the Holy Spirit's in each and every one of us is that we can bear witness with what's taking place. I think another thing would be um, is is that individual just drawing attention to themselves. Yeah, that's a good question. Sure. And if it's about them, then you immediately know this isn't right mm-hmm. because it, nothing about that is bearing witness with me on the word or my spirit on that. And... That's a typical way of deception taking place. They can do it like it's very godly, but it's all about them. Yeah. And you can tell that really quick. Hmm. Yeah, I think that that um, brings me to this idea of how humility is just the key component. Right. You know, and um, so as a leader, I need to be humble uh, and to know, you know, I think that helped Chuck Smith, for example, like... um, he was humble enough to say, oh, I could be wrong, you know, and I couldn't, I might need to open up my heart here. Um, and he was humble. And then uh, in the movie anyway, uh, where um, Lonnie wouldn't submit to his leader and be humble. And, you know, he's like, well, I'm doing this because I have to. And that's where things got sideways. Yeah. You know, pride is, that's, you know, and so when you talk about the idea of bringing attention to yourself, um, whether it's because you're a very emotional person or because you need that, um, that that's kind of a key indicator here of grace is like we don't really get in the way of anything unless it's taking people's eyes off Jesus. Right. And that, I mean, as that's kind of our policy is that that's when we step in and say, okay, maybe God is even doing that right now, but we're going to ask you to do this in a different way where it doesn't take anyone away Right. From who Jesus is and what he does. Right. So. And you might have some people who are just naturally more demonstrative sure. than yeah. others. And, and, but it's still a spirit thing. And you realize, well, oh, that's just real. They yeah. can't help themselves. That's just the way, that's the way they live life every sure. day. Yeah. So that's why wouldn't they live it that way with Jesus? Right. Because that's the way he made them. Yeah. Yeah, that's that whole idea again of the how when heaven encounters earth, there's still some earth there. And, uh, you know, I was even thinking about my just my spiritual heritage. And I mean, every line that I look down, there's beautiful, amazing things that happen. And there's things that are like, Oh, wait a second. (laughs) You know? Um, so, I mean, I was raised Lutheran and I think actually the Protestant reformation is the second greatest Christian revival, or maybe the third, the first one would be when the Holy spirit comes out acts. The second is when the church is dispersed and, you know, and leads the world (laughs) to Christ. But then the third one is the Protestant reformation. I mean, uh, it has it changed everything, yeah. you know, and, and Martin Luther was a man of God, used by God, and I've studied quite a bit on him, and, um, but at the same time, he had issues, 
you know, he had flesh there. And there's, you know, towards the end, you're reading some of the things that he's saying. And, you know, the Nazis use some of his quotes to, uh, for the anti-Semitism. And, and it was just, uh, you know, I've got two responses there as I could be like, well, forget it. Then that, that's all invalid. Right. Or heaven met earth, you know. And so God used a broken person. And, I, and so that's true for, you know, I'm part of Foursquare now. I think that we haven't, don't have a perfect background. There's, uh, I think Amy Simple McPherson was amazing, but there were some issues that she struggled with. Um, and then I actually got saved in a vineyard, and Lonnie Frisbee and John Wimber started that, and Lonnie Frisbee had some problems. And, and you know, you think about it, and one of the problems uh, that we as just society do is we throw the baby out with the bathwater. Right. And so, okay, because Martin Luther was this, all of it, we can't listen to any of it. I mean, we cancel people for everything. You can't do anything wrong. Uh, and all the good that you did gets thrown away. And it's not just my uh, Protestant uh, uh, heritage. If you look at it, um, I've got other heritage that uh, amazing leaders who had significant problems. Uh, one was named Abraham. Uh, he had some problems. Uh, David, Moses. I mean, these guys were used powerfully by God. Um, Elijah, you can say, you know, what depression that he went in, you know. Um, and they're still earthly and fleshly. And the thing that I would just caution us in the middle of revival is to never throw the baby out with the bathwater. Right. Yeah. Any, any thoughts on that? Well, I, I just look at, at my life, and I realize how God has used me, but I recognize my flaws. Mm. I've not always been a good dad or a good a good husband or a good man. I've not always had righteous thoughts or righteous actions, but there's always been the heart to say, I, I, I don't want to live that way, but it's taken time to, to be healed. And somehow God has still used me. Yeah. It blows me away. Right. You have personally been very transparent to all of us about your life. And I believe that same kind of transparency now is a part of our culture. Mm-hmm. And with that transparency, I believe we're able to say, I, I know I'm flawed, yeah. but I want Jesus. Right. I want Jesus. And that's, that's that soil concept again, of saying, I, I want to do it right. Yeah. I want to plant it right. I want to cultivate this thing right. Yeah. And, and so I think that I have a responsibility uh, to my God, to my wife, to my church, to my family, to flee from sin. Right. You know, to repent of my sin. And uh, so I'm not excusing when a leader falls. Uh, I'm not saying that, well, you know, give us a break or anything like yeah. that. You know, there's real consequences and there's real fallout there. But at the same time, it kind of drives the question of like, who did the work and who did the saving? And so if, you know, you, you, um, you know, Bill Hybels had some struggles, right? And, uh, but he ministered to me. Well, was it, Jesus that ministered to it, to me, or him. And he was the vessel that God used, the broken vessel that God used. And we have to remember to keep our eyes on Christ in any of these things. And I think one of the big dangers is we elevate man, right. elevate ourselves, elevate, elevate women, you know, like, well, they're the ones who did it. It's like, oh, no, no, no. They were the vessel that was used, and they're clay, and they're broken, just like every other vessel that's used. Right. And even if they fall, the work that God did is valid. Now, yeah, should we question it? Should we evaluate it? Well, yeah, I mean, you're going to know his followers by his fruits, and we can't just close our eyes to sin that people walk in. But at the same time, 
we're not, I'm not going to throw the baby out with the bathwater. I want to get rid of that bathwater as quick as I can. I want to get rid of the sin. I want to get rid of deception. I want to get rid of pride. Throw that stuff away. But God is God. Right. And his moves are valid and legitimate. Well, you know, the scripture says that we're supposed to work out our salvation on a daily basis. Hmm. That means to me that I'm going to have different issues along the way in my life that are going to have to be worked out with Jesus. That means I still have flaws. I still have problems. Yeah. But that doesn't discredit me from being able to be used by God. Sure. And I think a lot of times people look at an aspect that they've got to have a certain perfection or a certain way of life before they could ever be changed or be used to the Lord. Right. But we're just working this out day by day, day by day. And if we have a heart that is saying, I want Jesus. I want I want to do something different with my life. I am not satisfied with this. Then that working out that concept of our salvation daily is awesome. Yeah. And it does bring revival to us. Yeah. The the other side of it I think that uh, is just as dangerous or maybe even worse is to say, well, because I am gifted, then I am not accountable. <laughs> yes. You know, and I think we've seen that too before. And that that's the part I think that's turned our stomachs when in these kinds of things of like well, I'm the prophet or I'm the whatever, I'm in this position. And um, therefore, um, you can't question who I am or, you know, you, you don't have the right because I'm his special chosen one. And um, I think it's actually quite the opposite, that um, if God has a special anointing on your life or a special work for your life, there's actually a greater scrutiny, a greater accountability and a greater call to repentance and humility for us. Right. And um, so we can be usable. Um, and I don't think gifting is necessarily contingent on that. I think God gives these gifts. But boy, long-term impact and uh, fruit is certainly uh, contingent on that. Right. Yeah. Well, I definitely believe that gifts are important in revival hmm. because I think at Asbury, one of the ways it got started is they just started praying for each other. Right. And submitting themselves to one another. And next thing you know, somebody had a word of wisdom and somebody had a word of knowledge and some discernment. and They just started praying for each other yeah. like crazy. And things just began to happen. And I believe that the spirit, the gifts are a part of it, but it's not the focus hmm. of it. Yeah, that's good. And we can't make that component the focus. The, the focus has got to be Jesus yep. and you. Yep. Yeah. And um, I want more of the gifts of the spirit. Uh, I want anything that God wants to give. I want to see him move, and I'd like to see more miracles. Absolutely. Um, especially as far as they will bring people to Jesus. And I love that. I mean, that's really the point of the whole thing. Right. Is that we come closer to him, fall in love with him, come to know him. And he has the right to uh, uh, catalyze that, get that moving however he wants to do that. And he has a right to perform a miracle anytime he wants to and however he wants to. Mm. And we just have to be willing to go, oh, yes, that's what it is. Yeah. And accept that and walk at it. I had a miracle take place when I was in college, and it formulated my whole opinion about God and healing and miracles. Mm. And uh, because it's not undeniable, it happened to me. Right. And you can't take that away from yeah. me. It, it's, sure. it's changed me. And so it's like I don't see enough of them. But I believe there's enough to yeah. happen. <laughs> I'm the exact same places. I've seen miracles. I've seen healing. I, um, but I sure haven't seen as much as I've wanted to see. Right. Know? But, um, you know, God doesn't perform for us. It's not. He doesn't do miracles because we want to dance. You know, that's, that's Jesus correct. talked about that. Um, he decides when and how. 
Uh, but I want to be ready, and I want to pray for it. And if he wants to do it, I want to say yes to those things. Amen. Yeah. I agree with that. Good. I'm going to read a, a passage uh, from Joel here uh, just to wrap us up. It's uh, Joel 2.28. And um, uh, Peter uh, quotes this, and uh, I think it's talking about Pentecost, but I also think it, it goes beyond that. It's talking about the very end, too. And it says, And afterward I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. I will show wonders in the heavens and on earth, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be darkened, will turn to darkness, and the moon to blood before the coming of the great, and this is why I think it's both, the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord, I love this, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Amen. That's so, good. So what, uh, yeah. to wrap up, Ken, here, what is your advice to the average follower of Jesus who is looking towards his return or is looking for his move, his revival in our midst? Well, the word revolution has just stuck in me since I I went to that movie, Jesus Revolution. Yeah. And I've I've been really praying that revolution would take place in in all of our hearts and lives, that there would actually become a a revolt within us against our our nature, Mm -hmm. against my thoughts. That's a good word my mind, the way it thinks and where it wants to go against my depression, against my anxiety and, and begin to say, I, I want to believe what God's word is saying. Mm. I, I want to hear what the Holy Spirit is saying to me. And I, I want to use that as the tool in this revolution that will change my life forever because I want to be like Jesus. I want more of Jesus. So again, it goes back to what we've been talking about and what you said this last weekend about the soil is, is getting that soil ready and yeah. getting it prepared for, for the move of God into our hearts and lives by saying, I'm tired of living this way. Mm. I'm tired of being a disappointment to my God and my family and my friends. I want to be different. Yeah. I, I want to be like my Jesus. Mm. You know, and if that's the result, then I want it. You know, I mean, if the result is that we're going to be more like Jesus, come Lord with revival, Amen. you know, and so I'm hungry yes. for it. And I guess my advice to you would be, um, if you want to see revival, start with a personal revival. And the scripture promises that if you seek him, you will find him if you seek him with all your heart. And if you draw near to him, he'll draw near to you. And um, I believe that uh, in that, if the church, if we decide to do that, um, if we rend our hearts as well as our garments uh, uh, and come before him humbly, um, I believe it'll only, it can only bring a bigger move. It can only bring a greater move uh, that God has uh, throughout his church. So why don't we uh, just close and we'll pray for, uh, actually, would you do it? Would you pray for revival? Absolutely. Okay. Jesus, it's so good to know that you're more interested in our hearts than we are and that you will lead us in a direction that will Bring us to you. Well, I pray right now for a move of your spirit in families' lives, in dads and moms, that they can lead their children the way they need to be led and the way they can be led the way you want to lead them. I pray for a renewal, a transformation, a change, a revival to take place in families, in the lives of our single folks, both young and old, and with the widows and the widowers with the homeless, Lord, with those who uh, don't believe or think like we do, Lord, that you would bring a renewal in our hearts and lives. 
and that your spirit would move strongly on us that we are not satisfied. We're tired of being a disappointment and we want to be like you. We want to change. We want answers that change our lives and lead us in the right way. So Lord, thank you for the revival that has been here, that is here and is about to come in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Ken, thanks for being with us. Thanks for letting me be here. Yeah, you bet. And thank you for joining us for uh, What Does God Say About. Uh, look forward to seeing you next time. Thank you.